0: Sox fans, here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Hello everyone, Terry Cushman here, giving a solo episode on some Red Sox tidbits over the last 24 hours or so. All players are now in camp. There's been a lot of media sessions again over the last 24 hours. Players, Alex Cora has met with the media. Ownership is down in spring training. Some of them have met with the media and spoken with the team, and of course, Heim Bloom. So I'm going to get into a lot of this. I do have some thoughts on Xander Bogart's Christian Vasquez uh, towards the end, but. Again, I appreciate you hanging out with me if you're on your commute, in your office, on your morning jog, wherever you are. Um, just glad to be here, kind of getting into the swing of things as spring training uh, gets underway. So just some uh, brief tidbits to start with. Frankie Cordero is going to be put on the COVID-IL Not exactly sure what his status is, if he tested positive, and if so, is he symptomatic or is he asymptomatic? It could also, according to uh, a tweet from a Red Sox beat writer, could just potentially be because he was around somebody with COVID and is just essentially being quarantined. Nonetheless, uh, Frankie Cordero not in spring training at the moment. The Brewers have kind of entered the Jackie Bradley sweepstakes. He has yet to land with a team as all the rest of them have also begun spring training. Kind of a weird thought since his market seemed to be pretty active early in the winter, but the Brewers would be an interesting fit. They have a lot of Bradley like players on that team and, I It's been a fun team. They've made the playoffs a couple of times in recent years. They haven't really been built for the playoffs, though the year the Red Sox won the World Series, the Brewers did make it to Game 7 with the Dodgers, with kind of a funky team, uh, you know, using openers and a lot of bullpen uh, strategy. But, yeah, if they won Game 7, we would have played the Brewers. How crazy is that? But, anyway... Bradley uh, could potentially uh, see them as a landing spot. Chris Sale met with the media, and uh, Alex Cora spoke about what the immediate plans for Chris Sale are, which are basically to just kind of take part in team workouts and continue on with his rehab. Sale says he is healthy he had a minor issue with his neck, which apparently seems to have been resolved no setbacks with his elbow whatsoever uh, since having Tommy John surgery uh eleven months ago. Alex Cora basically said that there's no timetable on a target date for return but Tommy John patients typically are twelve to eighteen months uh, from pitching in a major league game uh, after having surgery. So, if you want to take the the median number there, sixteen months, that would put Sale returning in the month of July somehow. So, I'm boldly going to say it won't be earlier than June, uh, at, you know, at, at the earliest. So, so. No real answers there, but you know, we can speculate a little bit. Uh, Nathan Avoldi, Eduardo Rodriguez both essentially had normal winters, and they're both entering spring training with a normal regimen, normal workouts. Both are healthy, uh, which is good, especially for Rodriguez coming off of the myocarditis heart ailment he had as a after effect of his uh, covid-19 but again they are basically partaking in normal spring training activities and won't have any restrictions whatsoever so good that both of them are healthy heim bloom also Uh, met with the media and uh, discussed uh, several things about the team, how he likes the roster for 2021, brought in a lot of guys that could be used in multiple roles. You know, guys like Kike Hernandez, Marwin Gonzalez, give the team a lot of flexibility as far as what positions they can play So he spoke about that. I've been a critic. I do not think this is (laughs) going to be a super competitive team. I would love to be wrong, but that's just kind of how I feel. But nonetheless, Bloom has expressed a lot of confidence. Cora as well. That was a theme throughout his interviews over the last couple of days. Interestingly, though, Heim Bloom did tell the media that they will be reaching out to certain players. He didn't get specific with any names, that uh, they could be having some contract uh, extensions with these players. Now, some candidates, Devers, obviously, he's under control for three more seasons. You would think they would like to get a deal done there if he ends up being an MVP candidate in 2021, that's just going to drive the price up. So common sense would be to get that deal done now, but we'll see if it happens. Devers has expressed a desire to play you know, in Boston for the long term. Another possible candidate, I think this is a longer shot, Alex Verdugo. He's under control for uh, three—excuse me, he is under control for four more seasons, so they do have a little bit of flexibility there. One thing Red Sox fans need to keep in mind here is, as much as we love a lot of these players, we're not going to be able to keep everybody. And we do have some depth in the minors. You're going to start to see some of our higher-end guys get called up, make their debuts, and basically occupy a roster spot for the next six or seven years. Some of those guys, obviously Jeter Downs, Tristan Casas, probably more in uh, 2022, Jaron Duran, who has caught a lot of people's attention in the Puerto Rican uh, league this year. So these are guys that are going to come up. They're going to have roster spots. You can't keep everybody, like I said. So just keep that in mind. I liked what I saw from Alex Verdugo last year, and I would like to keep him in Fenway as long as possible. But like I said, it's just not going to work out for everyone. A couple other guys that are extension candidates that are interesting Eduardo Rodriguez, Matt Barnes. Rodriguez, especially, is an interesting case because let's face it, when we acquired him, we thought he could be the next ace of the Red Sox. You know, we didn't have sale at that point. And there seemed to be a lot of upside with Rodriguez, but he has had issues with inconsistency. He's had injury concerns, mostly lower body. He had a knee problem for a couple of years. They probably should have dealt with it sooner than they did, but he hasn't truly had that one breakout season where you can say, yes, he is a top of the rotation guy and what would an extension for Rodriguez look like? Is it a two or three year deal? Does it end up being a five or six year deal? That sounds a little bit far-fetched, but also take into account you're going to have Nathan Avaldi next year, whether we like it or not. And let's see, that next year, 2022, would be the final year of his deal. So maybe That doesn't necessarily impede Rodriguez from signing because Evoldi would just come off the books anyway. But you got Nick Pavetta for the next four or five years, Tanner Houck for the next five or six years at least, Chris Sale uh, at big money for the next uh, three years uh, beyond 2021. So, And then you're going to possibly have guys like Jay Groom and – and Brian Mata in the rotation. And who's to say the Red Sox aren't going to want a big fish either this coming winter or the winter after on the free agent market? I I don't have the list of of who those pending free agents might be, but I guess the point I'm making here is it's far from a certainty that Eduardo Rodriguez could be playing – For the Red Sox beyond 2021, far from a certainty. And if he is anything less than stout this year, then he's it's pretty much a non-starter. I would say he's probably not going to be back unless it's on a ridiculously cheap deal, which would probably happen late next winter after... The entire market's already played out, you know. You, I know Bradley's a position player, but if if Rodriguez can't establish decent value, he's going to be a late signing uh, in all likelihood. Taiwan Walker, I think, finally. I I don't. I can't even remember where he ended up, but he was an extremely late signing so uh, this year. So. Yeah, so it's it's far from, from a certainty. And hopefully for Rodriguez's sake, he and for the Red Sox sake of of being competitive, he does go out there and pitch a stellar season. Another guy I that I just mentioned, Matt Barnes, I can't see him getting more than a one or two year deal after this year. Relievers don't have long shelf lives, and it's hard to believe, but Barnes has been with the Red Sox since 2014, so this will be his eighth or ninth year, I guess, and I just can't, I don't see how much sense it makes to, to lock him up for multiple years when We've got guys like Hernandez who's going to be around for a while. Uh, Josh Taylor as well. You're going to, you know, you could very well, instead of having Mata in the rotation, maybe he slots into the bullpen better. I just, I can't see a long-term fit for Matt Barnes. And it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't have the greatest of seasons. I mean, he's a fastball, curveball guy and, he goes up and down much like we saw with Joe Kelly. So I don't I don't know that Bloom's gonna be too anxious to give Barnes more than a one year deal. Moving on, uh, Bogarts also met with uh, the media and Alex Cora, Also, says that he sees Bogarts as a leader and is happy to see Xander kind of taking on that leadership role. Another interesting uh, tidbit about Bogarts is even though he's only 28 years old, he is the longest tenured member of the Red Sox. He was playing in the World Series as a rookie in 2013, he was called up in September of that year. That was back when he was wearing number 72 on the back of his uniform and kind of took the job from uh, Will Middlebrooks after that game three blunder where Middlebrooks caused the interference with Alan Craig and Craig was allowed to score. That ended up being the walk-off run. And uh, an extremely bizarre ending to a World Series game. And Koji in that same World Series ended a game by picking off Colton Wong, <laughs> if uh, if you remember. So kind of an odd World Series. But that's how long Bogarts has been here. No other player on the team has, has been active on the roster that long uh, now that Pedroia is officially uh, done. So he was asked about his opt-out, and I know we've talked about that on previous episodes. And Xander basically said it's too far down the road to really be talking about he's got to play out the entire 2021 season and then the entire 2022 season. So he's right. He's absolutely right. It is kind of too far down the road to be stressing out about and not focusing on the season at hand. But, uh, but interestingly though, he is under control if he doesn't opt out through the 2025 season. So that's five more seasons. He also has a vesting option for 2026. We haven't talked about that so far on the podcast And in order for that option to vest in 2026, he needs to have 535 plate appearances in the 2025 season. Now, what's interesting about that is every year since 2014, which was his first full season with the Red Sox 2014, Bogarts has exceeded 535 plate appearances in Every season, except, of course, 2020, due to the shortened season. So Bogarts, for the most part, has been healthy. He's had a couple of nagging injuries um, at various points, but he's always been a gamer. He's played through them. The only semi-serious injury he had, I think this was in the 2018 season, He had an awkward slide uh, towards a dugout trying to catch a ball in foul territory. And I think he kind of nicked his uh, ankle and missed a handful of games due to that. But by and large, Bogarts has been healthy. And if he just decides, if he's not feeling like the Red Sox are going to give him a new contract following the opt-out, If he's comfortable in Boston, he could very well just say, you know what? I'm just going to play out my contract, and I'm going to try to get that option to vest, which would keep him under control for the next six seasons if that option does vest. And then he'll be a free agent at 32 years old. And if he maintains good health over that stretch, we have seen some guys get decent contracts in their 30s, George Springer, I think he's a year younger than what Bogarts will be, but he just got a pretty big five-year contract offer. Whether you agree if it's a good signing or not, Josh Donaldson got a pretty decent four-year offer at 35 years old. So so even though the sport's trending younger, if Bogarts is still putting up above-average offensive numbers and still defensively somewhat sound. I know even now he's not the greatest shortstop, but still, I mean, there there's a lot of value with a guy like Bogarts. And the thing that makes it harder to imagine Bloom not making it a priority to keep Bogarts in Boston longer than his current deal, I mean – He's already gotten. He's traded Mookie. Now, granted, Mookie didn't want to stay. Bogarts does. So I just can't imagine Bloom forcing Bogarts out. You know, kicking and screaming, um, because he doesn't. He doesn't want to add two or three more years onto the existing deal. That's just extremely far fetched. And Bogart's does seem willing to to take team friendly deals. He's getting $20 million a year. Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, Francisco Lindor next season, they're gonna blow that number out of the water. So it is a little bit, you know, open to interpretation as to what Xander's plans might be, what Scott Boris's plans for him might be but I just can't imagine him playing in another uniform and I know I I have some co-hosts that probably will vehemently disagree uh, with my take on this but you know that's what makes us a great podcast we do have differing opinions here but that's my opinion and I could see Xander I think there is a scenario in which Xander plays out his existing deal here and just enters free agency at 32 years old. I don't think that's out of the realm. Another player, interestingly, uh, who will be a free agent uh, potentially after the 2021 season is Christian Vasquez. The Red Sox do have an option. I think it's a $7 million option uh, for Vasquez uh, in the 2022 season. There's probably... Expectations from much of the fan base that believe Vasquez could be back, uh, you know, with that option. But I'm not so sure. Um, It's hard to know how Bloom, you know, values that catching position. We know Connor Wong is probably going to be ready no later uh, than. You know the 2022 season, so and he's he's had a lot of games in I believe Double A, so um, so it's just hard to really try to get a sense on if Vasquez is a short term or a long term guy, and the Red Sox also just this week or maybe it was no it was last week actually they. Made a trade with the Tampa Bay Rays. They sent Jeffrey Springs and Chris Mazza to the Rays for a catching prospect who happens to be the number fourteen prospect in their system. So we sent two scrap heap guys, and we got a we got their fourteenth ranked prospect. He is also a catcher. Um, apparently, there's some defensive concerns with him. I don't think he's played above a ball yet. Um, So it's still, it's still a long ways out before they get a really good idea on how to utilize him eventually at the major league level. But the point I'm making here is there is depth now within the organization uh, to potentially replace Vasquez. Now, I'm going to go outside the box here with Vasquez, and it could pertain to the 2021 season. Now, disclaimer, I will say this is an extreme long shot. Some people will say this idea has no chance whatsoever of playing out, and maybe it doesn't. But I just want to I want to introduce the idea. But before I do, and I've done this before. I haven't done it in a while. I just want to go over... Vasquez numbers with each pitcher, what their ERA is with Vasquez catching them. We'll start out uh, on the worse end of it. Uh, Nathan Avaldi with Christian Vasquez catching him, a 4.47 ERA. Martin Perez, smaller sample size because he only pitched in 2020 with the Red Sox, and albeit a shortened season. 4.26 ERA with Christian Vasquez catching him. Eduardo Rodriguez doesn't have terrible numbers with Vasquez. Not great. A 3.98 ERA. He's one game from getting absolutely shelled with Vasquez catching him, and that number will drift into the fours, but not great. And then if you go back a little ways, Rick Porcello, a 4.96 ERA with Vasquez catching him. David Price, I don't know if Price is a Hall of Famer. I guess I'll just, for argument's sake, say borderline Hall of Famer. 4.27 ERA with Christian Vasquez catching him. Chris Sale, famously, doesn't like Vasquez catching him. 4.61 ERA. Kevin Pulecki has never caught Chris Sale, but he's automatically going to be his personal catcher because of that 4.61 ERA. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because there's no record of any pitchers having a good season with Christian Vazquez catching him. I th- It's always been my steadfast opinion that Vazquez hurts pitching staffs. He's just not great you can go to the bullpen and, and some of the relievers will have decent numbers with Vasquez, but most of those guys have fewer pitches. You know, mostly they're just two pitch guys, whether they're fastball slider, fastball, curveball, whatever. But so here's the outside the box idea for Vasquez. Michael Chavis might not make the team. He's in real danger of not making it. He has options, so they could just easily send him to Pawtucket and leave him down there for a while. But he's not a great option in the lineup, despite the fact he does play first base. Bobby Dahlbeck, I'd love to be an optimist and say he's a bona fide major leaguer, but we don't know that yet. He was okay in a small sample size. A lot of teams never really got to take second and third looks at him, so this season they will. And if the second or third time, you know, the Orioles, Blue Jays, Rays, going to look at him, and the strikeouts start to creep up to an astronomical rate, Dahlbeck could conceivably have to go down to the, the minors to work on things. And he's always been a high strikeout guy against minor league pitching. They have not had any problems striking out Bobby Dahlbeck. He's a career two hundred and fifty hitter. If you include all those levels of the minor leagues and again, tons of strikeouts. So it's not out of the realm he might have to get option. Now you could put Kike Hernandez or Marwin Gonzalez conceivably at first base. That's could be one of the reasons why Bloom wanted that depth, but here's an outside the box move. What if you put Vasquez at first base? I think he could be adequate. I mean, he was playing second base, I think in the world series, well, maybe he didn't, but he has had a game or two or at least part of a game at second base. I think he was playing first base in that World Series because Kinsler was at second and then botched that play. So I misremembered that a little bit. And then Vasquez has had some reps at third base as well late in games. But, but just entertain that thought for a second. If you put Vasquez... At first, you know he can hit. I mean, as a catcher, he's a top three or four offensive guy if if you go back through the 2017 season. And I in 2019, he hit, I don't know, right around what was it, 24, 25 bombs, something like that. So the power has kind of emerged and he you know, he's hitting at a decent clip. So if you value that offense, you could put him at first base conceivably and then let a guy like Poeki catch, you know, maybe a 100 games and then go get a Jonathan Lucroy type guy uh, on a one-year deal and have him be the backup and then stagger Poeki and the Lucroy type guy, uh, you know up with whatever pitchers they're going to they're going to match up against. And the one thing with Puwekhi I was really impressed with last year was his ability ability to go through the opposite field. And he was punching balls right through the gap and it was impressive to see and if the pitching staff responds to Puwekhi, I just think there's a lot of value there of of having a guy like him catch and so many so many Red Sox fans are probably going to roast me for this this take and I've already admitted it probably is a long shot but again there is no evidence that the pitching staff is going to perform with Vasquez there is none you are basing that on nothing i just went through um, the, you know, the ERAs of these guys are their peripherals. Yeah. I'm not a big advanced stat guy, but, but again, I just, I would hate to get into the month of May, be a few games under 500 and Vasquez isn't clicking with the staff. I just, how far into 2021 do you want to go with that? And and just be in complete denial. This is this is quite frankly one of the reasons why I was a huge proponent of simply trading Vasquez last summer. There wasn't really a big market, uh, you know. Uh, who was the top trade? It was the Indians trade with the um, with the Padres that sent Clevenger there. The second biggest trade last summer was. Was Starlin Castro getting traded from the Marlins, and I don't even remember where he ended up. But that was the second biggest trade, and so there just wasn't really a market uh, for Vasquez last summer. If if you were hoping to get a decent return, Avaldi wasn't even traded. There was an expectation that you know maybe he could be. Um, you know, Red Sox would obviously have to eat some money on that, but, um, but yeah, so just a thought, just a thought, cause, uh, you know, I'm not a Vasquez guy, so, um, I'm just not not a big fan of him uh, catching and you want these young guys as they come up to get off on the right foot and Tanner Houck did seem to pitch okay in uh, those two or three starts he had uh, with Vasquez but again shorter sample size Uh, and we were playing teams like Baltimore those last couple weeks and you know so not really a high pressure situation uh, for a guy like Hauk anyway. But, but I think that's about all I uh, wanted to cover. And uh, we're about 31 minutes through. So I hope you enjoyed it. I kind of have a surprise episode for Wednesday night. So it'll be uh, a 48-hour turnaround. I'm going to have uh, another podcaster from another team on. And... Um, we're going to kind of discuss some things. Uh, I will say this, though. It is a Yankees podcaster, so I'll throw that out there. So it'll be kind of a rivalry show, um, you know, in a sense. So be on the lookout for that. I hope uh, I hope you all enjoyed this, and uh, we'll be back with you in a couple of days. Take care.